0: The holidays are just around the corner and it's time to be thinking about getting those perfect gifts for family, friends, or maybe even for yourself. We have the perfect opportunity for you to take care of that shopping list and support ACB Media at the same time. It's the ACB Media Holiday Auction. Join us on Sunday, November 27th at 7pm Eastern Time, 4pm Pacific Time on Zoom or on ACB Media. You can bid on great unique items like handmade crafts, collectibles, technology, and food including those wonderful baked goods and a whole lot more. If you want to get a jump start on things, the Sneak-a-Peak Appetizer Auction is also back this year on November 25th and 26th. Watch your email for more details or contact Leslie Spoon. Her email address is lesliespoon at cfl.rr.com. We'll see you Sunday, November the 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific at the ACB Media Holiday Auction. Happy bidding! Opinions expressed on ACB media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Becky Dunkerson, um, treasurer of ACBDA Diabetics in Action, Um, also chair of the um, community calls. I want to welcome everyone for being here in the Zoom room. Also, um, i week 7. Um, I'd like to welcome all of you guys as well. Um, as you know, this is ACBDA, um, Living Better with Diabetes, um, and um, I will turn the evening over to Patricia, or no, not Patricia, Roberta, Roberta um, McCall, and she will take it from here. All right.
2: Thank you. Um, Tonight, I'm pleased to um, introduce our guest speaker, Michael Michael Robinson, who is the executive director and founder of Insulin Pumpers. And Insulin Pumpers, well, I'll let Michael explain it. Go ahead, Michael.
3: Good evening. Um, Insulin Pumpers was founded in uh, the early nineties. And it offers, it offered at that time, basically um, a social media platform when none existed for people with um, diabetes in the pumping community. Uh, I can take you through the genesis of insulin pumpers because it's uh, a personal story for me. And um, it has, remained my inspiration over the years to carry this forward. Uh, In 19, I wanna say 93, my daughter who was 11 was diagnosed with diabetes and uh, we live in the San Francisco Bay area. So we took her to Stanford and they um, put her through the usual Uh, treatment that you're all familiar with when you are first diagnosed and uh, turned her loose with a syringe and a bottle of insulin. And the story sort of goes from there. Uh, About a year later, we were camping on the American river and I noticed this fellow in the next campsite who had this odd square sunburn patch on his tummy. And I, you know, I let it go at that. I kind of thought, well, that's unusual. And a couple of days later, my younger daughter, Daisy, said to me, Daddy, Daddy, that man in the next campsite has diabetes like Lily. And never having spoken to anybody, uh, any adult with diabetes or pretty much anybody else for that matter, except the people at the hospital, I considered it an opportunity, went over, introduced myself and we chatted for about a half an hour. And uh, finally, I asked him, I said, what's that sunbur- funny sunburn patch on his, uh, on your tummy? And he said, oh, that's where my infusion site was for my insulin pump. And I kind of stopped for a minute and I went, what's an insulin pump? <laughs> and it all sort of started from there. Um, We finished the camping trip. I went back to the Bay Area with my family and uh, immediately called Stanford and said, I want a punk for my daughter. And they said, oh, we don't do that. And I kind of scratched my head a little bit and um, thinking to myself, well, this is a world renowned institution. If anybody's gonna do it, they should, and they were not. And uh, so I got out the phone book and started calling pediatric endocrinologists and soon found that pumps weren't approved for kids. Uh, They would be a couple of years after that, but they were approved for adults. So I called every single peds endo in the telephone book for the entire Bay Area, and not one of them would consider putting a child on a pump. So I started down the adult endos, and I finally found one uh, in the next city over who said, that he would at least talk to us. So we went in to see him and uh, he asked some questions and he said, well, you go learn a little bit about pumps and come back and see me in a month. And during my research um, for all of this, I had come across the book, Pumping Insulin. So I bought it and gave it to my daughter. She read it cover to cover in a day and, uh, we went back to see the, the endo and he started asking her questions. And of course she just sort of <laughs> recited from memory, all the things she had just read. He went, well, okay, I guess you guys are okay for a pump. And he prescribed a pump for her, which arrived. Uh, I don't remember how quickly, a couple of weeks, I think. And, um, We went in, he put her on the pump first with saline for a couple of weeks and then with insulin. And as we drove out of the parking lot with the insulin in the pump, my daughter, who's 11, remember, turned to me and she said, Daddy, can we go to McDonald's for an apple pie? (laughs) This still brings tears to my eyes to remember it. She understood at 11 years old what a pump could do for her. In that moment, I said to myself, every other kid who has diabetes has to have this opportunity. And so while all this was going on, uh, somebody introduced me to a small mail list. I think there were 12 people on it that was... um, about diabetes, about the size of the group that we have here tonight. And being a techie, um, I mentioned to the fellow who started, his name was Glenn Yoder. So he is truly the, probably the founder of this organization, even though he didn't start the nonprofit, but he's the person who put the first mail list together. I set up a mail server in my office And within, I don't know, a month or two, instead of 12 people, we had 100 people. And this continued over a period of a year or so. And I figured, well, maybe what we need is a web page. So I suggested that to the group. And they said, "Okay, let's put up a web page. And all of a sudden, we had 500 members. And then we had 1,000. And uh, at that point, a couple of years had gone by. Um, I thought probably what we needed to do was start a a nonprofit to wrap around this uh, so we could raise some funds to pay for the things we were doing. And uh, Insulin Pumpers, as we know it today, was born. And the services we provided then were simply the social media. And um, I guess the part that that I missed in all that was, of course, the insurance company didn't want to pay for my daughter's pump because she was a child and it was approved for adults. And I pointed out to them nicely that um, in the fine print of the insurance company, it said that any approved device, and it was approved for adults, prescribed by a doctor for diabetes they would pay for. That battle took 18 months. And the last phone call I made was to the office of the CEO of Blue Shield, and I got his executive assistant. And I told her politely that if I didn't get a check within the week, that I would take them to court, not for denial of service, but for breach of contract. There was a check in my mailbox five days later. So I shared that with the now several thousand people on the mail list. And uh, I got some phone calls from various pump companies, Medtronic, Desatronic, and so forth. And they started referring people to me and to the mail list who had kids whose insurance companies wouldn't pay. And so I've outlined, I have a little blurb that I send out that I sent out to the parents to tell them what procedure to go through to get paid. And at the time this happened, there were in the United States about 5,000 kids on pumps. Five years later, there were 50,000 kids on pumps. And I take at least a small little bit of credit for that in helping to spread the word now over the years our mission has evolved a little bit about oh i want to say 15 or so years ago we started accepting donations of supplies which we screen for expiration and throw the throw the ones that are not acceptable away and the rest of them go out to uh, people who are in need for a small provisioning fee which is about 10 or 15%, actually, of the value of the supplies. Um, A few years after that, we added pumps to that mix. And um, that has proved not to be as interesting as I thought it would. We probably only place two or three pumps a year. And I think the impediment really is that when people find out how much the supplies cost and they're uninsured and they get a free pump, they don't want the free pump. So uh, there's a small segment of people who have insurance which will pay for supplies but won't get them a pump who tend to be the folks who want to get a pump from us or if they're loopers, uh, they want to get a 7, 15, 22, 23 so that they can, uh, so that they can loop. Um, At this point, I think I'll take any questions. I don't really have a lot else to say. I can answer questions about a whole variety of things about using pumps and infusion sets and problems and so forth. Uh, I can answer questions more about insulin pumpers itself and so forth, so hit me.
4: (laughs) Well, Michael, at this moment, I don't see any raised hands, but hopefully they'll get their hands raised pretty soon.
2: So this is Roberta. I'll I'll start the ball. I, so I'm curious, how is your daughter doing today?
3: Oh, my daughter is now, let me see, how old is Lily? She's 38. Uh, she's an attorney that works for a startup, internet lending firm. She used to work in corporate law and really didn't like it. She has three children, um, three, two, and a new baby that is now, I think she was born in March, so however many months that is, six months or so. Old. And the pregnancies were all normal in the sense that diabetes didn't impact them. There were other hassles that came along but nothing that had to do with diabetes itself. Uh, she's in excellent control both her and her uh, husband are have diabetes. Uh, it's curious when they met um, she was dating online and um, she drove up to the place where she was going to have coffee and she's looking at the guy's picture on her phone going, do I really want to go in and meet this guy? You know, I don't know. I'm having a bad day. Anyway, she went in. They're sitting over coffee and a snack and simultaneously they both whip out their pumps to give themselves a bolus. And that's when they realized that they were both diabetic. So it was kind of curious Um, since they have been together the control that both of them have has improved dramatically because I think they think the other one's looking over their shoulder. I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> Excellent. Wow. Wonderful.
4: Any hands, Allison? No hands right now. All right. Well, let me look at my list then.
3: Though. Anyway, I encourage you um to uh, join insulin pumpers if you uh, need to share information or want to get information about anything having to do with uh, using an insulin pump, infusion sets, uh, sites that don't stick, you name it. And somebody out of those thousands of folks has had that problem and there's usually an answer. Uh, We even figured out over the years that there are at least three people in the world who are allergic to all three of the insulin analogs and a whole lot of them that are allergic to two of them and even more that are allergic to one of them.
4: Michael, we have a raised hand, Larry. Larry. Go ahead,
5: Larry. So yes. So thank you. Um, mm-hmm. As, as you, I'm sure no, because we're not, ...necessarily a silent group. Uh, pumps for, for blind people have largely been not accessible in the past. Um, that is beginning slowly to change. And I'm wondering, have you thought about that? And are you able to do anything that might help that along based on what you have at your disposal on your site? I've
3: known this for uh, quite a long time, and I've had a couple of conversations with, uh, well, the DeSatronic folks are gone, but with Medtronic, and um, that didn't really come to anything. I think uh, it's it's my perception, and you're more the expert than I, that the Medtronic-style pump is a little easier to Use for people who are vision impaired uh, as opposed to something like the Tandem, which is like an iPhone and it has a screen and the buttons appear there. You can't feel them. And if you can't see, it's not terribly useful.
5: Yeah, I'm just getting well, I've been taking pills because I'm a type two, but I'm taking Lantus to to keep the A1C down below good limits. And it is, but so I haven't really investigated or played with or explored the land of of insulin pumps. It's still an insulin pen, but I know that conceivably that could be an issue in the years to come. So I'm doing all the research I can and talking to a lot of people. You are yeah, muted the, now, the press shift plus command plus A to unmute your microphone uh, or press really and hold the space key to
3: temporarily um, unmute. Medtronic pumps uh, have tactile feedback in that the buttons are all raised and you can feel what they are and they give specific beeps when they do things. Um, so you can run them if you learn how they work, uh, whereas the uh, uh, the... Tandem, which is really the only competing pump left, um, doesn't really give you that kind of feedback. Uh, it's a slick pump. Um, I think it's much more user friendly for uh, people with normal vision than the Medtronic ones. But I think the Medtronic one is uh, has to be the pump of choice for folks who have uh, vision difficulties.
5: Thank you.
4: okay i'm not seeing any raised hands at this time
2: hey this is roberta i'll jump in then um (laughs) i i i just going to share a little background about my story because years ago there was a pump called the 508 i i started on a medtronic pump and and at that time that was probably 20 years ago at that time all the but all the pumps had buttons because there wasn't any other mechanism and um over the years there have been a couple of times that I've actually been able to get a used pump from insulin pumpers because um, the companies were advancing their, their, um, yeah, their computers, their, their their pumps are turning into little mini computers. And um, right now they, all the, all the pumps that are, all the new pumps are touchscreen and, while I know that Tandem is beta testing an app for the iPhone, so that you can manipulate that Tandem pump with your iPhone. The pumps themselves are not in the least bit accessible. Um, but the last, the last um, model that Medtronic had, um, which was called a Paradigm, and there's a there's a whole series of pumps that are part of that, is the last pump that medtronic made that you could access as michael said if you learned the sequence of button pushes so but the problem is medtronic no longer supports that pump so if you're using it and your pump dies you cannot get another one from Medtronic. so um insulin pumpers is one option of a place that someone could go to get a backup pump or a replacement pump that still has physical buttons on it. So that's one of the um, really nice things about insulin pumpers is. um, I know, Michael, could you talk a little bit about eligibility for receiving supplies or used pumps or things like that from insulin pumpers?
3: Sure. Um, it's, we don't have a screening process really, um, for supplies, uh, we provide them on demand, uh, if we have them, um, over the last, just about the last year, our donations of those items have dropped off. And I think the next time we have a uh, pledge drive I will probably ask folks to uh, send supplies again because uh, I did have somebody call in uh, last week and I didn't have anything to provide for them I, or at least what they wanted we didn't have they were looking for some silhouettes and uh, I didn't have any uh, I sent them out some neos um the uh Pumps themselves, we've never turned anybody down. Uh, There's a whole raft of paperwork that we need for compliance reasons only basically. Um, And there's a a modest fee which is designed to discourage people from just asking for a pump when they really don't need one. Um, And um, aside from that, it's uh, some Let's just call it hoop jumping, which is uh, put in place by our legal advisors uh, to keep us from going under if something happened and somebody sued us. If we're Michael, not, a, not a dispensary or a pharmacy, so actually we don't even dispense them. We have to send it to the physician or the clinic and let them dispense the item. Okay.
4: Michael, whenever you're ready, we have a raised hand. Sure. Okay. Uh, With the person with telephone number 402 ending in 443, please unmute and identify yourself and then go ahead with your question. 402-443.
3: Maybe they're having trouble.
4: (laughs) Yeah, they could be. uh,
3: Oh, there you go.
4: I'm sorry about that. Yeah,
6: thank you. Michael, this has been very interesting. The lady who just spoke prior to my call, I didn't catch your name, and I'm sorry, but what you were saying about the Metronic, I recently held the latest in my hand, and that sequence of uh, numbers, it's just absolutely impossible. And I, I don't mean to say that but when I talked to the rep and I was very kind in explaining to her about blindness and um, you know there are a number of bicycles that if some of this stuff the features were made more accessible you know they would do it but she and the diabetic educator um, they just more or less said you're not going to get through the sequence of patterns because it will change every 8 seconds so it times out And even if you're guessing in one pattern, um, I've tried it before in the past, 10 different times. So anyway, I've written Metronic and, and they know, and I just ask if everybody could continue to write pump companies and don't let up and just be as kind as you can with, um, the possibility of just making them more accessible because Metronic and I am wearing one now, one of the old, old pumps, but it is still functioning. It does have buttons, but the only thing it allows to do is the boluses. The quick bolus. The um, uh, I can't think of. I have two different bolus settings that I can do. You know, typical change the battery, but even in the 530G pump, to do the cartridge change, you have to go through a sequence. Uh, and after the button presses on this 530G, it doesn't even have a tone index. It doesn't even beep outside the bolus pumps. Anyway, thank you. Your information is is very good and interesting, and I will continue to listen to your presentation. I appreciate it, ACB.
3: Okay, just as a a piece of information, I think we have probably a dozen or so uh, 700 series pumps uh, in stock that still work. Uh, We get, you know, one of them... We maybe get one donated a month or something like that on the average. We don't get a lot of them, but we have over the years had a steady stream of 700 or 500 series pumps. Hopefully it will continue.
6: Sir, so, um, oh, are you still able to hear me or not? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. So I did not catch the very, very beginning and I apologize.
3: Uh, that's but okay. Were
6: you saying that your program only helps people if they're uninsured? No, no, no. Interested?
3: We, oh. we have never turned anybody down. Okay. So and the whole time, we've had sorry, the probably, program going.
6: Okay. And uh, uh, I'm sorry, it's probably repeat information for you. Even the five let's say you had a 530G on hand and payment was offered. Is that how you do it? You take a, a portion of what the original pump cost was, or
3: we have, a, a, we have a, a, a small submission fee for the paperwork just to screen people mm-hmm. out who would send it in, who shouldn't. And there's, I think a $250 uh, fee once the, once the paperwork is all together and we actually have uh, the information we need from either the clinic or the doctor that's going to support you. And sure, we just sure. send the pump out.
6: Well, that we, is We send it to the clinic. That's very cheap. Yeah,
3: that's I mean, this isn't extremely cheap. a money-making wow. operation.
6: <laughs> yeah, right. Right. And, and you know, you hit something on the nail of the head, too. Um Um, nobody and you just said it nobody's going to be able just to get a pump unless it's okay by the physician and or medical team or whomever they're with and so sometimes people I think that I've talked to I see clients will get their hopes up that oh yeah they really want a pump and so they should be allowed to get one and you just got to kind of step back and watch the process happen because it's got to be up to the Position, I guess I'm not sharing that with you, Michael. Just with interested participants here.
3: Yeah, it's it's up to the clinic and the person. Um, like I said, we've never turned anybody down.
6: That is pretty cool. Nice.
3: And but you, you you have to I have to put it in perspective for you that you know we only place you know maybe two to four pumps a year. And I I truly think the reason behind it is people who are uninsured can't afford the supplies. And once they realize what the, you know, a bottle of insulin, high-speed insulin is, what is it these days, 150 bucks? Uh Uh-huh. And you need at least two of those a month. And then you need at least two infusion sets uh, a week. And that's another... Sixty
0: bucks yeah, a I box. mean it's
3: it's you know by the time yeah. you, you add it up it's like four or five hundred bucks a month or more. And if somebody's yeah. uninsured, they're not gonna do that. So a lot of the folks who come to us are being referred from um you know, a free clinic or something like that. And we explain to them what the process is and that, yes, we're happy to provide you for, with a pump, but you have to understand that this is what the supplies cost. And if you can't afford them, then it won't do you any good. And usually we never hear from them again.
6: Sure. But right.
3: I, I said earlier that there are a subset of folks who, well, I guess there's two categories. There's folks like this group who are looking for an older pump specifically, either your reasons are different than most. A lot of people just want a loop. And so they're looking at the Riley uh, equipment and they need an older pump that will interface to it. Although now the newer tandem pumps will. So that demand has kind of gone away. And then there are folks who need another an older pump for another reason, uh, like you folks, where uh, you need it because it has uh, tactile feedback and uh, you can operate it, um, and, but you do have insurance to pay for your supplies, so that's not an issue, so then we get to place a pump, which makes me happy.
4: <laughs> okay, we have another raised hand. Um, Becky,
1: you can unmute. Hey, Michael, um, yeah. my question is might, uh, whoops. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I was unmuted. Cause I looked and I'm like, Oh, I'm muted. um, so my question is, um, have you been able to work with some of the other companies to, you know, when they move on to newer and better supposedly, um, equipment, are you able to maybe tap into some of their older ones so that you have a a better supply? um, Um, We've
3: we've never been able to do that. Um, I've had some discussions with the folks at uh, Medtronic only. The other companies haven't seen fit really to talk to me. Uh, And they have a myriad of legal issues that impede them from doing anything like that. Um, I am acquainted with their senior counsel there and I had discussion, he's been there for, you know, since my daughter was diagnosed and, you know, he just explained to me that they're so gun shy that they just pretty much have their hands tied. You know, they do refer people to us And they have on occasion sent us infusion supplies once or twice over the years, but those are rare instances.
4: So, Michael, there are no raised hands at this time. About
2: the process for if somebody's interested in investigating. um, I know there are several different forums that people could get involved with and post with. And could you talk about the different forums and what would be the process if somebody wanted to um, uh, get connected to one?
3: Okay, our our URL is www.insulin-pumpers.org. That's insulin with a hyphen pumpers.org. There are some drop-down buttons. Uh, One says forums, and there's a join button on it, and it takes you to a page which has a couple of forms to fill out with an email address and uh, a brief description that goes to a human moderator who will look at it and um, either allow you to join or not. And uh, basically, they're there to keep the robots out. And our forums are all moderated. Um, You can post freely. And over the years, I think we have banned in 20 years, maybe three people who were clearly trolls and who kept coming, trying to come back and so forth. uh, But generally, it's a very polite, uh, nice group of folks, uh, very knowledgeable. Uh, We don't get a lot of new people uh, anymore, because social media has sort of taken over our function. We did have a Facebook page for about a year and a half. And there were so many I don't know what you call them. People who just, I guess, wanted to make trouble, uh, that it wasn't a very friendly place. So I shut the page down and uh, just returned to the mail list format, uh, which seems to work nicely. And um, we do archive all the emails and we have a search mechanism so you can go back and look for things if you have a specific problem or issue that you'd like information on, it's there somewhere. Or you can just post and ask and one of the old timers will uh, provide you with uh, an answer. I mean, we have folks who've been with us since the beginning. We also have folks who have had diabetes for, I think some of them more than 50 years. They've seen it all, you know, stone sharpened um, hypodermic needles (laughs) and uh, all the way to the most modern pumps.
2: What are some of the subject, uh, subjects of the different forums?
3: Well, the, the forums are geographically geographically organized. Uh, the two uh. forums that have the most traffic are the um, Insulin Pumpers Forum, that's its name, and the other one is the Insulin Pumpers UK or IPUK Forum. Uh, they're fairly independent um, and they, they're they all English. We used to have some foreign language ones, but they have uh, sort of died out. And those folks have all migrated to one of the other two forums. Uh, most of the people in the EU belong to uh, the United Kingdom forum and uh, the rest of the folks in the world belong to the uh, insulin pumpers forum. We have folks on from basically every continent except Antarctica um, in the forums. Um, and uh, we cover all the time zones uh, in the sense that there are people who live in them that post occasionally. It's not a high traffic forum, uh, certainly not as much as it was say 10 years ago. But the subjects are all having to do with the um, uh, the use of insulin pumps, uh, infusion sets, the issues that come up when you use them and so forth. We also have a kids forum for parents called POP um, that discusses issues with children. Uh, and a lot of those folks, again, have migrated to the to the main forum uh, because the topics all seem to be relatively common.
2: Do you have a a uh, professional, forum for professionals?
3: We do, but it has basically never had any significant traffic on it. It's called IP MedPro. Uh, um, but I think, you know, in the last 10 years, I don't think there's been a dozen posts in it. So it's, wow. it, it's not really effective. I think those okay. folks are so busy, they don't have time to fiddle around with mail lists.
4: Mm -hmm. guys this is allison oh sorry go ahead
3: no i was going to add just to add to that many there are many professionals uh diabetes educators and i think there's a few doctors but they don't post that part of the information in their username who are all uh, in the primary one of the two primary uh mail forms
4: Go ahead. Okay, thank you. Uh, We have a couple of raised hands. Uh, First one is Debbie. Debbie. Debbie Wonder, you may unmute. It's uh, Alt A to unmute on a PC. Hang on just a second. Well, we have another one we can take while she's trying to get unmuted. Um, 402, ending in 443. Hello, this is
6: Mary again. Um, I know Debbie. Sorry, Debbie, I'm taking your place for a second. Michael, could you explain to the audience in your words about looping?
3: i'm sorry about what looping oh looping looping with the pump yeah yes the Uh, the the riley system uh from what i know of it is a um it's a closed loop system which augments uh what the pump does in the same sense that uh, the medtronic closed loop system, if you wanna call them closed loop. Uh, I have some technical issues with calling it that, but uh, it's, an, it's enhanced performance where the, there is a device uh, for uh, the looping system, the Riley looping system where they use the uh, Dexcom uh, sensor. They take the data from that and uh, track it and adjust the amount of insulin that the pump gives you um, to keep your blood sugars uh, more stable. Um, these systems are relatively speaking closed loop in that um, if you keep an eye on them, they will do what they say they do. Uh, they're not perfect. Um, the software algorithms they use to do this are finely tuned and have safety features uh, built in to keep them from running away and so forth Um, but as a an engineer i look at that and i know from how feedback equations work that it's not truly completely closed loop you have to start it get it into the right Band and it is stable within the band that it operates in and will do a really good job. Um, my, my daughter's husband has been looping now for I think almost a year. And I think Lily's about to start now that she's uh, through with the pregnancy and um, her young one is approaching nine months old now. So I think when she's a year, she's probably start that herself. And that would be with a uh, tandem pump and um, a Dexcom. The Riley system started out sort of off the books, so to speak, not approved, not anything. And it used the 700 series pumps, 715, 722, 723 pumps, that had an older version of firmware in it that allowed access to the pump controls over the communications channel that they provided for the little remote device. Um, Somewhere along the middle of the 723 production, they realized, Medtronic realized what was happening and they put software in there that would no longer communicate with the outside world. So, You, you have to know the, the uh, revision numbers, which I do, of the um, various uh, firmware products that will do this. And the All of the older 700 series pumps will, will perform with the Riley Loop software and the device. And what it does is it interfaces with your iPhone. And the newer system that I've seen that my uh, son-in-law uses has a little... Fob, I guess you'd call it. It's about maybe an inch and a half high and an inch and a half wide and maybe three quarters of an inch thick. That's got some electronics and a battery in it, and it. Can you can
6: you please repeat what you just said? It's called a what? Uh, Which part? Um, You went to explain about a a little box, or you would. Yeah, something.
3: I what I have seen in the more recent. iterations of the Riley loop system it, it used to be kind of kludgy it looked like a little small computer electronics package with a plastic case around and so forth and it's now grown up to be uh, a little pinkish colored fob that uh, is about an inch and a quarter square maybe an inch and a half square and about three quarters of an inch thick which um connects to something i'm not sure exactly what i haven't examined it but you have the pump you have this gadget you have your dexcom and an iphone and you're good to go
6: very good oh yeah i got you now
3: and i really don't know much more about it than that um uh i just know people who use it swear by it. They say that it works very well and uh, I have talked to people who have used both the Medtronic supposed closed loop system and the Riley system and they seem to hands down prefer the Riley system and that could be for a couple of reasons. Uh, One is the Dexcom uh, glucose sensor is uh, superior to the Medtronic one both in its accuracy and its longevity. Uh, yeah. So that may be the prime reason. I don't really know what the software differences are between the two systems.
6: Okay, well, thank you very much.
4: Okay, let's uh, check with Debbie again. She's still muted. Debbie, you might need to make sure you hit that Got It button when you came in, or just tab around to you. Find the got it button. And if that's not your issue, you still can't unmute. You might need to go out of the call and come back in because Zoom could be making problems. <laughs> because we're still you're still muted.
6: Are you able to tell she came in on a PC? Uh
4: Yes. Okay. Yeah, I can. Mm -hmm. And she's still muted, so. I've sent her a couple of requests to unmute and I don't know, she must be having an issue. Okay, and she's the only raised hand at this, at this moment.
2: Michael, this is Roberta again. Um, could you talk a little bit about the actual process of how you maintain all the things that you do? I mean, how, do you have a crew of people that help you with the website and all that kind of thing or how does that work?
3: Well, we have a, a, a volunteer staff of folks who handle Um, specific questions about uh, joining or their membership or so forth, there's a a dedicated group of folks who handle all that uh, at uh, admin staff. And they're the folks who review um, join requests and so forth. As far as the technical end of it is concerned, I have a computer center in an office in Milpitas, California, and I maintain all of that equipment myself. Uh, we have a, a room full of various servers, a DNS server, mail server, uh, a couple of web servers, um, firewall appliances, and the typical stuff you would see in a small data center. And I've always done that. Um, in terms of the website and so forth, uh, I created most of that uh, uh, many years ago, and I have uh, let it evolve and maintained it and so forth since. So I'm the, the I'm the uh, if I give you all my titles, I'm the executive director, the janitor, the uh, uh, chief technical guy. <laughs> you know, you name. It, I take out the trash and I do everything else.
0: Hi, this is Debbie.
4: Are you able to hear me? Hi, Debbie. Yes. Hi. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, I'd like to talk to all of those people you just mentioned. (laughs) Um, I want to thank you guys, first of all, for putting on this show tonight. It's been very interesting. And my question to you, Michael, is that you mentioned you have the POP group for parents if I understood yeah. that right. yes. So I know that when first being diagnosed and going through that journey of diabetes, that it can be kind of tough. And yes. since your heart, you know, came to be because of, of your daughter, do you offer a forum for preteens or teens to have a place to talk?
3: We have tried to do that a couple of times, but uh, we've never gotten any traction with the teens or the preteens. Okay. And you know, specifically, Particularly today, they're all on their phones, so (laughs) that's sort of a a non-starter. The other thing you should know about our organization is that uh, it is entirely made up of volunteers, which is different than most nonprofits. I'm the only paid person and I get paid a dollar a year uh, so that I'm officially an employee. Okay. Other than that, uh, our budget is nominally, 20 or $30,000 a year that we managed to raise from, uh, from uh, the folks who use the forums. Uh, years ago, we used to get some funding from the pump companies and the drug companies and so forth. And uh, they have sort of abandoned us since they can now go straight to their own social media page. Um, Do you
1: have any
4: written literature for that age group?
3: No, we've not, we don't have any and we haven't. Uh, okay. I'm a terrible writer, so I'm always soliciting. <laughs> that, so. <laughs>
1: but you're a great dad. Look what you've done. <laughs>
3: well, we, we manage, but uh, I'm sort of a techie at heart and I've never been very good at putting uh, pen to paper, although I've written a few things, um, but I find it very difficult. So i I haven't done it, and I'm sort of getting to be an old guy now, and my motivation isn't as good as it was years ago.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for what you have done. We appreciate it. And again, thank you to the ACB group for hosting you
3: tonight. Thank you for having me.
4: Hi, this is Allison, your host again. We are at 10 minutes of, and we have another raised hand. Uh, so, Mary, you can unmute.
6: Okay. Thanks again. Um, Michael, when you were talking about the loopers and comparing them to the ones who are with the Metronic and their closed loop system with their guardian, are these loopers, are they pretty brilliant people to get the systems to work together?
3: No, I don't think. So. Um, uh, you know, like uh, the only one I know personally is my son-in-law and he's, uh, Uh, an executive with a firm that does um, um, he trains trainers is the best I can say so he's not technical at all his technical skill is uh, he has a bunch of woodworking stuff out in his garage and he likes to do woodworking and he (laughs) definitely not technical
6: okay All right. Well,
3: thank you. Uh, You know, I don't think it's any more difficult than uh, figuring out how to um, set up your basils, for instance.
6: Ah, okay.
3: You know, that's the level of difficulty we're talking about from as I understand it.
6: Okay. Okay.
4: And that's all the raised hands right now.
2: This is Roberta. I'll jump in then. Um, You said that you get a nominal amount of money for uh, insulin pumps that you provide to people. Do yes. you do the same? Do you do the same with supplies, or are they free?
3: No, the supplies have a provisioning fee, which is currently sixty-eight dollars. It covers the cost of uh, priority mail shipping and a small amount to help support the the uh, program itself. So I think the shipping fees are typically in the low twenties, so it leaves about forty-something dollars that actually goes to insulin pumpers to help support insulin pumpers and we send out uh, two boxes of infusion sets and two boxes of uh, reservoirs when we do that.
2: So where does the rest of the $17,000 budget come from?
3: Uh, donations, we run four, um, four uh, fundraising drives uh, a year for uh, a 30 day period. And we raised the balance uh, during that period of time in you know, 10, 15, 20, $50 donations. Most of them are smaller.
2: Sounds like a shoestring operation, hey?
3: It is. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I hate to bring up this, um, uh, how, how I am I'm at a loss for words. Give me a second here. Uh, seeing as we're dealing with folks who are vision impaired, this visual might not mean anything to you, but there is a picture that's been around for years and years of a kitten hanging by its claws on a trapeze. And that's us.
2: <laughs> Hang in there, baby.
3: Yeah. We made it from year to year on our shoestring budget and, uh, I guess we'll just continue to do that as long as we can. We have some, you know, basic things we have to pay for every year, uh, rent, uh, which is subsidized by another nonprofit, which provide, which owns the building and provides us space for probably about, I guess, a half or a third of what it would actually go for on the open market. And, um, uh we have to pay for insurance uh because the landlord requires it we have utility bills obviously and that kind of stuff but not a lot there's not a lot of expense
4: and this is allison again just want to jump in and let you know we have five minutes great thank you allison you're welcome roberta
2: well michael i'm so glad you were able to join us this has just been Super, super informative, and I really appreciate your time. Oh, I'm um, glad to do it.
3: And thank you for having me.
2: You bet. Uh, Becky, you want to wrap us up?
1: I sure do. First of all, I want to thank Michael for being here um, because I know that evenings are, are sometimes a, a difficult thing. Um, so I want to thank you for coming and sharing with us. Um, Patricia, I'd like to thank you for all the work that you've done in securing Michael and and future speakers that we're gonna be having. So I appreciate all the work that you've been doing. Um, What I'd like to do is is let you all know, um, whether you're here in the room or on ACB media, is if you have any questions, um, maybe you end up with a question tomorrow or the next day for Michael, um, or you want information on ACBDA and how to join ACBDA, then feel free to send an email to acbdaorg at gmail.com. And I will make sure to respond to you and forward it to Michael or whoever it needs to be forwarded to Um That being said, I'd like to um, move on to future dates and events. Um, These will be on our listserv. They will also be on the community call list. um, Coming up on November 19th, and also, um, and I wrote this wrong, I wrote November 20th, and I know that's not right. Uh, Let me quickly. 28th, 28th?
5: Thank you. Monday call.
1: Uh, Yeah. It's the, um, is the, uh, we used to call it the casual chat and we're now going to call it the ACBDA friends, supporting friends with diabetes. Um, we just thought if we had some clever names that might help, um, people maybe remember who we are and and separate us from some of the other groups that are out there. Um, so those two dates that are out there, um, December 8th we have our board meeting which is open to anyone. Um, This board meeting is probably going to be a very short one um, and then filled with some holiday activities um, which I don't know what those are going to be. The next event um, a month from now at our ACBDA living better with diabetes is on December 14th and Abby Chesterson will be coming back to speak about um, managing or actually um, if I'd read my notes, I could tell you Um, she is going to be hearing about um, oh yes, food choices and managing your diabetes during the holidays we all struggle with that and i don't care if you're diabetic or not struggling with food at the holidays is difficult um so abby will be coming um she is a diabetic educator um she'll be coming december 14th um to share on that um we are working on trying to get two or three months ahead on speakers so, so that we can start promoting those. So come the beginning of the year, we'll start um, letting you know a couple months at a time. That way you can kind of plan your schedule. But those are always the second Wednesday of the month. Um, quickly here, um, I would like to um, thank you, Allison, for being our host. Um, We really appreciate it, and you do a great job. I'd also like to thank Katie for being here to stream to um, ACB Media 7. Um, I know that it's, again, evening calls. It takes time out of your day. So I want to thank you both as well.